0: And Karl-Heinz
1: 1-0 for Borussia Dortmund. back again here. Yet again, they level with the world champions. So, welcome back to another German football podcast and it's a after last week's highs of having Derek Gray on, it's a bit of a strange one. It's just myself and Colin. Colin, how you doing, mate?
0: Yeah, good. Yep. Last week was a really good one. So uh, we've got a lot to live up to, and good that we're replacing Derek with absolutely nobody.
1: <laughs>
0: not even Ronan. Ro- Ronan. Ronan just thought, you
1: know what? We're not. Na- we're never going to live up to that. So he's not coming back. Yeah, no, I think it's because Hibbs got absolutely thrashed at the weekend by St Johnston that he's just, um, he's just, he's, he's bottled it. He can't, he can't show up anymore. And even brave some, of you to show up, then. <laughs> brave of you to show up, definitely. But yeah, so he's a, but even Bremen won, so it's a, it's a, it's a weird one that he's not actually went for But now nah, Ronan's moving into a new new um, flat, so he's getting no Wi-Fi for the next two weeks, so we got to live without him. Uh, which is probably easier than it is with with, with them. So um, that'll be fun. Nah, of course we'll miss Ronnie for the next two weeks, but that'll uh, be just me and me and you, Colin. So we'll see how things go. Um, I think we should just probably just jump straight into the the action of well, I say action, maybe like the problems of Hertha Berlin. Hertha Berlin, what's what's going on there?
0: Well, the became probably the first team in years to get hammered by Werder Bremen. Um which no surprises when Bruno Labadier was sacked. So if we're, if we're starting in the actual game, then I don't know, it was it was a similar I think it was a similar story to the Hoffenheim match that came midweek. Like I think they they have controlled a lot of the game and spells but just weren't clinical and another game where they're absolutely shambolic defensively. I mean, I, I, there just seems to be a real lack of communication in the defence. Alderete really hasn't worked out. And I think he was playing alongside Niklas Stark as well. And, yep, Verder Bremen scored four. And they also didn't take their chances. Kunya missed a great chance, obviously, from the penalty. But there was the other chance where he could have squared, squared across to Piontek. So, really... Both ends of the pitch, they had real problems, and it was no surprise when Bruno Labadia was sacked during the week.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's, um, it's you know, Labadia is it's a strange one because I saw a start that he's actually not, I don't think he's actually had a, a game with a crowd in Berlin because of when he. Really? Yeah, I, don't, I don't think he's actually witnessed um, the Berlin fans, uh, which is a really strange, must be really strange. Um, I, I, I could be wrong in There's
0: probably a joke in there about um, probably a joke in there about the Olympia Stadium
1: always being empty anyway. But, uh, but we'll, we'll not we'll not succumb to that be that low, You know we only make jokes about Schalke on this podcast. No jokes. <laughs> um, maybe maybe again this weekend with Schalke, but not. But we'll go on to them later. Uh, but I, it's, it's a strange one with Labbadia. I mean, he was it was brought in to 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 try and. What the, the term that's going around just now is a joke. It's kind of like this big city club, you know, they're a big city club, but Labadie just couldn't fulfill that in the end and they've went back to Pal Dardai, which is a sh- seemingly strange move to go back to a, you know, a trainer that you, you sacked only over a year ago, or you you weren't happy with um, the direction they was going. So, Pal Dardai, do you think you'll be able to? get the most out of this, this squad to, to stay clear of what I mean they're not far from it like a relegation fight I, mean, I think it's it's certainly been
0: a, uh, a popular appointment with the supporters mm-hmm. obviously he's a, a club legend not only from his uh, coaching career but as a player with Hertha made many appearances uh, so it, they had got rid of him back in 2019 because they in their ambition to become the so-called big city club, qualify for Europe. It was thought that maybe Dardai wasn't that coach to take them to the next step. But what he was, was a figure of stability for Hertha. They always could really guarantee a mid-table finish. Actually got into Europe, uh, I believe it was 2016-17. So he it, it does have that track record of getting into Europa League, to be fair to him. But they, they thought maybe to take them to the next step, they probably needed to look elsewhere, but really since since uh, Dardai's left, there's been no stability at all, different coaching changes, and even on the pitch, things have really declined in a relegation battle rather than heading the other way. So I think it's quite sensible that they've actually tied Dardai down to maybe an 18-month contract where he'll he's in, in position until the end of next season. So that gives them the chance to hopefully keep the club up uh, this season and maybe stabilise next season and consolidate in mid-table and then they can take it from there whether they want to go for a, a bigger coaching appointment. I think a, a big uh, a big factor is also the sacking of Michael Pretz who's the, who was the general manager at Hertha for over a decade and he was actually similarly to Dardai, was a very popular player at uh, Hertha's record goal scorer but not so popular in his position as general manager, you know. Interesting to look at his record. Uh, I believe since he was appointed, he actually presided over two relegations for Hertha in his early years. Uh, a bit more success recently, but really, I think there was a the feeling that Prets wasn't the man to take the club forward with the investor and taking them to the next level. I think. There was the accusation that maybe he was maybe a bit more, less a, a bit less content um, for aiming higher and maybe it was more of a stabilizing force rather than being ambitious. So that's uh, an important factor, and also the fact that he I think I believe he'd fallen out with Dardai towards the end of Dardai's reign as coach. So that's a, that was a key factor in Dardai coming back to the
1: club and hopefully a healthier relationship. Um, and at the moment Arnie Friedrich is gonna come in uh to to take over the kind of sporting director job at, at least until the end of the season. So another well known face around Hertha Berlin. Uh see how he can kind of come up um with some plan with um Dardai to 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 like you say not just settle for where they are in the table and not been very progressive in the past couple of years for Hertha Berlin and you can see that just with the position of the table and I don't know if you think this as well but I feel like they just kind of panicked by a lot of players as well, like some of the signings in the past couple of years have been, you know, during the window you'll think oh that's actually a really good window for them but they've spent a lot of money and see when you look at it now their squad's a bit all over the place Um and they've kind of inherited a, a squad or maybe a couple of, I don't know I've never really been the biggest fan of Gunduzi, but obviously he had a, an incident of the weekend. Um, you know, I feel like they've kind of bringing in players who maybe may not be getting on together and things like that. So you don't know if Dardai, prob- he might actually be the the best link to come back in and uh, solve that. Maybe better than what Labadia could have done. Don't know what you're thinking that. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting the transfer policy uh,
0: because they've spent a lot of money, but. I'd- the signings have been really hit or miss. So you you could say the squad's more talented than Dardai had during his reign as coach previously, but maybe they don't have that uh, character or harmony in the dressing room they previously had. Uh, you know, the likes of maybe less talented players during Dardai's time, like uh, Per Shelbridge, who've now left, but been replaced by more more talented players, but maybe haven't fit together. I mean, in these projects, it doesn't always work when you maybe chuck a load of expensive players together. It's not always going to work as a, a formula. So I think there is potential when you look at the squad on paper, but it just hasn't worked out for whatever reason. I think Dardai is probably the best man to, as a, as a real man manager, Um Sort of kick the squad into shape and hopefully get them working together.
1: Yeah, it's just um, just strange times in the capital. Seeing that obviously anyone will come on to later having a, I say a slight dip, but you know they're still eighth in the table. But look at their basically swapped positions where Herta would like to be, and uh, maybe that was a big deciding factor in making this change. Now they're ten points above Schalke, seven from the relegation zone, only two points ahead of Kern. So what what do you think? Do you think there's there's, there's still time for them to come out of this? I've got the full in the bar one game to come back and to fix it. Do you think they can, or do you think they might end up being stuck? You know when we were saying at the start, we kind of, I mean, I think I definitely came out and said that the bottom five would stay the bottom five, which is not true because Freiburg have shot up and Hertha Berlin's came down. Do you think it'd be wise to make another decision that the bottom five will probably stay the bottom five? Well. That, I mean, you just mentioned there;
0: they still got plenty of time. Still got just under half the season. When you look at the other squads down there, I think they certainly got a more talented squad. So, yeah, there's there's plenty of time. I don't think. I mean, you would you definitely wouldn't write them off. I think they've definitely got the potential to climb to mid-table. Obviously, whatever they whatever whatever they do is probably going to be overshadowed by the success of Union, but I think the way things are going, they'd accept safety as a success for the second half of the season, and they could look forward to kick on next year, but I, especially with the coaching change, I can't really see them going down, but you never know. Big clubs have always have in the past uh, ended up in the playoff position, so that's a likelihood, but I think by the end of the season, there'll probably be two, if not three, weaker teams in the league
1: for that. One. Yeah, could you imagine a title league of next season with Schalke and Hertha Berlin in it? That would be crazy. That's me assuming Schalke are going down. By the way, I'm not making any comments there. I'm just saying that they're bottom of the league. I think that's a safe assumption at this point. <laughs> Maybe that's too early to say, but imagine that happened. Even and Matthew have a field day down there with, uh, with those two teams kinda. I was thinking, I was actually thinking last night because uh,
0: Fortuna and Hamburg were playing last night. Yeah. And I might say both of those clubs don't get up. So Hamburg don't get up. Fortuna don't get up. Who probably, I mean, aren't as big as Hamburg or Schalke. But say Hamburg stayed down. Schalke went down. Köln went down. And maybe Hertha went down in the playoff. Huge clubs. That's just it's and... like German football turning upside down.
1: That is like when it's you like... the championship like maybe six seven years ago when you had Rangers, Hearts, and Hibs in it. Like it just didn't make sense.
0: Basically, they're missing thing. one giant here. United to win the championship that year, but
1: yeah, I suppose I uh, sorry forgot about that. You were too busy trying to win League One. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um we actually ne- we actually nearly get relegated to League Two
1: that season. So yeah, uh, so th- aye, let's just United, you know, let's just keep them. I don't know why I brought up here. Let's yeah, just, I mean, take enough. that. Out. Take actually, that. Out. Someone has to speak about them. I mean, <laughs> but like back to bit uh, Hertha, just finishing up on them. I mean, we'll we'll go into more detail of the their their game away to Frankfurt next week but it's not the best first game for Dardai to come into, is it? No, I mean, I think
0: even counting the clubs at the top of the table Frankfurt are probably the team you don't want to face that upward momentum particularly with the sign of Luka Jovic yeah. and the continued form of Andre Silva as well um, it's probably the side you don't want to face particularly away from home as well but I think in on in the same vein that makes it maybe a free hit for Hertha. There's probably no expectations that they're gonna go to Frankfurt and win. But maybe rather than that isn't that, a first game where the the pressure's on and they're facing one of the relegation rivals. So I think even even a good effort would represent an achievement for this match and they'd probably kick on after that. Hopefully some easier fixtures to
1: try and get some points. Yeah, right. So we're, what we're going to do anyway today is just um, review last week, the match day 18 and just look at what's going to come up for match day 19. But we we'll obviously spoke about Hertha and Bremen there for a bit, just looking on the Bremen side of that 4-1 win. That was actually quite a important win for them. If you look at the table, if they lost that game to Hertha, they would have been only three points um ahead of Kern. they have maybe gone back down towards a relegation fight. It would have been a bit... Bit worried for them, but you know that now you look at them and they're now a point from tenth, so big one for them.
0: Definitely, yeah. Um, they're always a club I was sort of worried about. They were still picking up wins and the odd draw, but the performances in the pitch hadn't particularly ex- excite weren't exciting or impressive, but they have managed to get these key victories against the sides near the bottom like Mainz and herta so i think you they're starting to look like they might be safe this year which following on from last season which was such a shambles they'll take that in itself
1: definitely and we'll we'll go back to the the friday night game which was an absolute cracker and glad um and glad back back four, Dortmund two, Elvedi with a double. Neuhaus scored after, what, six minutes. You know, I was given offside. Just, I mean, which which, which team do you actually start with? <laughs> like, do you go with the positive of or that? Or do you go with the negative of Dortmund? Because it was so, like, you could, I, I don't know. Was just was the, the it was the contrast in both the teams were crazy. And you wouldn't, I mean, Dortmund just, didn't show up apart from Haaland, did they? I mean, Sancho had a couple of good uh, yeah. in the game. But like players like Bellingham were really out of sorts in that game. And he gave away, you know, he gave away a couple of free kicks they probably shouldn't have. He gave the ball away a couple of times. I don't know he he just looked like he wasn't on it um on Friday. And I think to be fair, the whole squad, apart from Haaland and Sancho to an extent, just didn't turn up.
0: No, I mean, I think it shows just how much Dortmund do rely on those attacking players like Haaland and Sancho, because if they don't create, then they're much less likely to score or get a result. I mean, Haaland nearly saved them in this game, but the defensive problems were just too great to to get a result. You can see four goals. I think a, a particular weakness is the set-piece defending. Yeah. It's cost them many a time, cost them in previous games. Uh, against Curl and against Union. it cost them in this game. So, wh- until they sort out the defensive fragility, then they're not going to get anywhere closer to winning the title, never mind closer to the Champions League, never mind winning the title.
1: Uh, and, like, you, you heard Haaland speaking after the game saying that they don't have the right mindset. I mean, if you're playing for a team like Borussia Dortmund, and you can't get into the right mindset to to, to know that playing against Gladbach is one of your biggest games of the season, especially away, and you need to be on your A game or you're going to get beat, but especially by Marco Rosa side, you know, that, that I mean, that kind of shows that there's something, there's just something that's something not, not going right in the Dortmund changing room this year.
0: I mean, it's something that, sort of vague chat about mentality. It's just yeah. been going back the last few years now. I think, I think, uh, was it Homos that mentioned that maybe last season? And I remember Favre's first season where they came so close to winning the title, they were a few points clear, but ended up really throwing it away due to being I mean, silly, silly losses against the t- teams like Augsburg. Mm. I remember it was discussed then that they had the squad and the talent to win the title, but they just didn't have the, that mentality. But until we actually maybe see the squad in action, see what the dressing room's like. It's hard to talk about. Yeah. You can only really see what, what's on the pitch. But there's definitely something wrong. I'm not sure. Maybe they just don't have don't have the characters that you maybe need to win the title that Bayern do. You look at the time that Dortmund last won the title. They had really good young players but also the experienced players like Feinfeller. Uh, Sebastian Kale, maybe they just lack that in the dressing room now. Even somebody like uh, Kevin Grosskreutz, who uh, I see he was retired this week, but um, yeah. he was never the most talented player, but he had such a great, hard-working attitude for the side. I mean, he's pretty much just a fan playing for the side. Maybe they just need more of that. And I don't know. Maybe maybe they're missing that in this side, which, and that's what's that's what's what's
1: the, the Leaving them short. Well, for me, it's what's missing is Michael Royce. I just he didn't look interested on Friday night. For me, just the full game, he didn't look interested. You know, obviously, get subbed off. But I don't know. I just I I i not seeing him being that player. That's one of the older heads now, one of the most experienced players. He should be listed in that full team. You just don't really see it. I mean, Himmels still does it, and I don't. I I I've, I feel bad saying it, but I've never really rated Burke. Burki is a Borussia Dortmund goalkeeper. I don't think he's quite up to that standard. I think he's got away with it for the past couple of years because the, the team are playing well. But seeing now the team are, are leaking goals and poor goals of that, you can see that he's not he's not really the one that's going to be there to, to consolidate that and keep that down. So I don't know. I just... I, a lack of maybe the leaders in the team is probably a good thing to look at. I just and then their bench is just quite young as well. Apart from Peetsek and Peetsek not been playing at all this season, um, very rarely coming in. So it's a very young bench as well. So maybe they don't understand the, the maybe they do, maybe don't know them, but maybe it's just implications of playing for Dortmund at the moment and understanding. Like going into a, like I said going into a game against Gladbach, you need to be on your A game. You can't be you can't be talking about mentality or in the right headspace after getting beat by Gladbach. But to be honest, I should just talk about the positives from Gladbach now because great performance for them. They're, they're they're starting to they're doing what we said they should be doing and it's like after the Champions League's out of the way, just focus on the league. They've pushed themselves up to to fifth in the table, you know, they're only four points of Leipzig now. I mean, positives to me. I thought um, Ben Sabani, seeing him back playing, really and, and being one of the main players, he's been really impressive for me. Obviously, he he was one of the ones that was kind of suffered with the long COVID. This has been called like he generally couldn't train or play for so long. Uh, and what a goal he scored as well!
0: Yeah, I mean, you yeah you mentioned him, Jonas Hoffman, who have talked about previous weeks as well. Really key players that had been out for the sides and now they've come back. They don't have Champions League at the moment, and that's on the break. So they can fully focus on the league. And I think since New Year, you could say that they've been the most impressive side, particularly beating Bayern and Dortmund. And really back in with a shout in the Champions League. Uh, I think you could say uh, Marcus Turam coming back is a positive as well. Yeah. Uh, neglecting the circumstances where it led to suspension, very controversial, obviously, but he came back and sc- and scoring for him immediately. So that that's a big plus for them because there's the controversy surrounding Mbolo, and I don't think player really stepped up to the mark in the other striker's absence. So I think it's uh, it'll be key for them that their strikers are firing, and if two was back in and scoring, then that's a big positive for them.
1: Uh, definitely. I mean, I, th- I thought the back line were played really well. I mean, despite you seeing the two goals, but the two goals were very well worked, especially between Sancho and Haaland for um, for both goals. But Elvedi obviously got on the score sheet twice. And well. I thought Zachariah was quite important, you know, he he missed a lot. Like you said, it's another player that missed a lot at the start of the season. And maybe there's a reason why they were going towards mid-table in the league. But I think... Um, Neuhaus just again proved his quality I know his goal was offside but what a finish that was uh, did well to I mean it looked like a mistake from Bellingham. I mean you can see there was a foul he did push him um, but the 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 kind of just the intelligence for such a young player uh, it's just something we've not seen I mean can you com- is there a, like a player you can kind of compare him to like, I don't know is he it, it a cross Kru- a type or a, you know he's not really a Schweinsteiger but like of one of those golden age German um, national team from when we were growing up. You know, he's just, he's just such a clever, intelligent player. Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I had seen him. I've read him being compared to Schweinsteiger before, but I think they're different. He's more, he's always looking forward. He's always um, making forward runs. And I think he's got that attacking threat that Schweinsteiger didn't really have, particularly in his later years. So I, I'm not sure that is the best comparison, but
1: mm.
0: uh, he's really he's developing a, a really good attacking midfielder, and I think he's attracting a lot of uh, transfer interest as well. So hopefully they can keep hold of him for at least next season, but it's maybe looking
1: increasingly doubtful with the interest that's coming towards him. Aye. Um. So Dortmund's still in the dumps, and that's um, Gladbach just. Flying again, but speaking of a team that's flying, Freiburg beating Stuttgart is a really big result for them. To be honest, for a team that was um, that we were all quite impressed with uh, from the Hinrunde, Um to go and to go and beat them, especially being a goal down, very impressive result for Freiburg and just kind of keeps them going up the table. And you know, look at them now; they're still they're still ninth. They're still only three points from a European position. Things are looking good um, down in Freiburg.
0: Uh, right in the mix for a European qualification which uh, a few months ago would never have considered. Uh, just shows you how how well of a job Christian Streich's still doing. Uh, Interestingly like against Stuttgart as well, who had a very bad English evocator. I mean, you look at Padwick losing to Bielefeld 3-0 and then this result as well when the away form had been the strength for Stuttgart, but I think that says a lot about the strength of Freiburg that they managed to overcome Stuttgart, who had been so good away from home. So I'm really interested to see if Freiburg can maintain this. Uh, Obviously, helped by the skills of Ronan's favourite, Christian Gunther. But I know he's not here. Remains to be
1: seen whether he's not here to defend. No, he's not. So we may mention uh, Christian Gunther for him today. Uh, Big up to Christian Gunther. He played well. I, mean, I didn't actually get to see much of this game, so I don't know if he did. Uh, just making assumptions. I mean, running would say that. So um, yeah, good result for Freiburg, Wolfsburg beating Leverkusen. Is that? A, 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 I don't want to say it was a shock result, but Leverkusen, you know, just seemed to be not going on the down slope. But it's a strong win for Wolfsburg just to keep them and their name in the hat. Because I felt like. They were not being spoken about as much as your Leverkusen's, back, Frankfurt and Union Berlin recently. I feel they were kind of going under the radar, but that was a really important win for them.
0: Yeah, I think they've gone they're under the radar because they're, they're not particularly attractive to watch. They just grind results out, which the evidence being on Saturday, which they managed to do against Leverkusen. Mm-hmm. It was actually the one I watched on Saturday afternoon. It was actually a pretty poor match, like, not much in the way of opportunities, but you know when that when Wolfsburg go ahead, then it's always going to be really difficult to to equalise and maybe for Leverkusen to go and win the game. So this is a really disappointing one for themselves. They've really taken themselves out of the title run in the last few weeks, the results like this. But Wolfsburg are right in the hunt. And I thought that was a was a great header by Reid Labaku as well to score the goal.
1: Yeah, he's, he's looking like a, a really good um, you know, young German player coming through at the moment. And I think Mainz will be really disappointed to not actually manage to keep a hold of him any longer. But as, as we'll talk about, I mean, next week we're going to do a bit more of a transfer kind of chat. But you can kind of tell where Mainz are going that they're, they're, they have to end up getting rid of some of these players. And they, to be fair, was it 10 million they ended up, they ended up going for? I mean, that's, that's, that's good money for Mainz and... Bit of a bargain for Wolfsburg, um, but yeah, no, I think they've they've still lost they've lost these games this season along with Bayern and Frankfurt with two defeats so far. They're also um, really close with like goals um, conceded. You know they've conceded nineteen goals. I mean I think Leipzig and seventeen um, is the least at the moment, so they're they're still right in the mix. And I just don't think that they should really be written off for finishing in the top four because at the moment. I I I think Bayern now with their their gap, uh, which we'll go into, you know, that they've created with teams dropping points. I think with Leipzig, Leverkusen, Gladbach, Frankfurt, maybe Dortmund, you know, fighting for second to fourth. I think um, it's going to be quite interesting going into the, the, the end of the season. Yeah, they're the I think they're
0: certainly the dark horses for the Champions League. The one you probably wouldn't have expected going into the season, but they really have gathered a bit of momentum over the last couple of years eh, with top seven finishes. So... Do
1: like, think no Europe has helped in this season?
0: I think so, yeah. The way the fixtures have been crammed in, I think I'd, I'd definitely say that. Eh, it's given them... I mean, obviously financially that wouldn't have helped them, but in terms of on the pitch, they'd probably say it's worth it if they can use the no distraction to try and qualify for the Champions League. I mean, I think Europa League would have been the expectation, but they have shown that they possibly could go further this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, they could, but I, a team that will be really disappointed with their result at the weekend, um, and no disrespect to Mainz, but I mean, Leipzig should be absolutely demolishing that Mainz side. They've done it for the past couple of years. You know, they did they the 8-0 last year. You know, they did big results. They scored many goals against Mainz and made fair play to Mainz for that result. You know, uh, Niakati's gone twice. Um, but Leipzig, what, what what went wrong there? Just um, Nagelsmann seems to be in a bit of bother recently with some of his results.
0: I know they're really starting in the title challenge. Uh, I don't know, it's just... Mainz have really shown that they, they're they capable of pulling off these big results. You, I mean, getting that draw at Dortmund for a start, but then this uh, victory over Leipzig as well. You can't really ever rule them out. Leipzig, I mean, I mean you mentioned them having the, the best defensive record, but conceding three to Mainz, that will certainly be disappointing. And it's really not helping in the challenge to Bayern.
1: Do you think they need another striker in? You know, there's talk of um, Huang, uh going to the, the Premier League alone, not too sure about that, just from what I've read. But do you think they need another striker in? Because, I mean, Sorloth's not really firing all cylinders in the moment. Um, and, you know, Poulsen, um obviously wasn't playing. Um, what do you think? Do you think they're kind of lacking in the, the kind of forward department? Because, I mean, they've... They've scored 31 goals, but Bayern scored 53, and that just shows you the difference for a team that's going for the title.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're always going to struggle with replacing Timo Werner, but I think they would have hoped for a bit more from Zurlot and Huang, who, I mean, Zurlot's only scored one league goal so far. So I think they they would never have expected them to match Werner's tally, but even so, that's been really disappointing for them. I think they should be looking for buying a striker. Um, so we'll have to have to wait and see. But um until they can match Bayern's uh, scoring threat, then I don't think they can overcome them and win the title.
1: And yeah, and just um I mean we may as well give well, SA may as well, we, we really should be giving minds some great credit because Boss Fensin's came in and he's he's done a good job since he's came back. You know, um, it's a mine former mine's player is something they like to do. Obviously, losing Mateta, um, was would be a really big loss for them. Um, but some of the players have brought in like the and car, probably really good signings for them. Um, and Stuger obviously starting to get more game time now. I mean, is that that that's a result a Schalke or a Köln is not going to get right now? Do you think that might help them in attempting to, to push out of this as relegations?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, previous seasons, have always managed to pull out these results, often against big teams. It's pulled them to safety. And like you said, you can't imagine Schalke or Cohen doing this. And I think when you when you see them, they probably... I don't think they're as bad as their points tally suggests. I'm actually, I actually think they'll survive. I think oh. I think they'll end up being two, at least two teams below them. So that's a bold prediction. But, I mean, they're still five points off Cool, aren't they? Uh, I think we'll catch them
1: up. Oh, wow. Interesting. That's a, that's a big call cool because I would mine instead and buried. And I think they would be if they didn't beat Leipzig. But that's a really important three points. And when you're at the bottom, like, you can say 1-1 one, one is isn't big but one win for a team at the bottom is huge that three points could be massive come the end of the season I mean obviously Dortmund um, Köln be Dortmund to get that three points This kind of the three points they don't not deserve to get but they shouldn't go into the season thinking we're going to get three points off Dortmund so minds have now gone out against Leipzig where's Schalke going to get those from I mean they can't just beat Hoffenheim like that's not the that's not the, that can't be the big scalp of the season Um so maybe that's Something at the end of the season they look back on mines and think f- four points against Dortmund and Leipzig I guess, really good return. Um, so it's an interesting one. I don't know. I can't. I don't want to come out and say that they'll they'll say survive because I don't. I'm not sure they will. Um, just just looking at the other the way the other teams are going, but if we we say that go on to the next team of Bielefeld round about there, that's just a real that's just a result they don't want to have. This, to to have the high of beating Stuttgart three 0 to go five one down. Okay, fair enough. It's a very very strong Frankfurt side at the moment. A Frankfurt side in form. A Frankfurt side that's exciting to watch. Uh, I you look at Jovic, who's just going to score every time he's on the pitch. But five ones, an, another another big because like, was enough four they 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 four one uh, by Bayern. You know a couple of yeah. big scalpers have taken now. They don't want that, or they're going to end up being the team that replaces minds in your eyes, maybe? Well, the defensive record was what had been their strength
0: previously. So this is a strange one. I mean, they have they have had defensive mistakes in previous games, but I think they, they've managed to get a few clean sheets. That's how they've managed to pull out results, by maybe getting 1-0 wins. And at, prior to this game, they actually had a superior defence to Bayerns. That record's gone now, obviously, but um, they're still got a better defence than their rivals. Looking at the record, so that is really what they need to build any survival campaign on, because they don't really seem to be scoring goals. Got one today. I mean, not today, Saturday. Eh, Sergio Cordova finally got his first league goal for them, but they should really be looking to tighten up at the back. But maybe, maybe they've just. Faced uh, Frankfurt at the wrong time. I mean, they are and got really up to upward the momentum. The attack of Jovic and Silva. Jovic not even fit enough to start games, but he's still coming on and scoring goals. So maybe it's a case of Frankfurt being in their stride at the right time, and
1: Bielefeld just getting in the way of that. And one one point I wanted to bring up with Frankfurt is, as as Sounds strange, but I feel like since Jovic just came back, Kostic has also came back this season. Because that's three games that Kostic has played really well and he's got a cracking goal um, at the weekend against Bielefeld. Great strike. Um, that's a really important player for them to have, firing you know, well. And I don't know if, you know, obviously they're both Serbian. I don't know if that's maybe a big factor. But while Frankfurt are looking really good at the moment and having Jovic, Kostic, Silva, you know, the, those players are going to keep them going in the right direction and, you know, five points from second they're looking a lot better than they were at the start of the season when they were just drawing games
0: Definitely, yeah, they always seem capable of more, like I thought I thought they weren't really playing to their potential in terms of results, but all, there always was the possibility that they could get into a run of form where they could push themselves up towards Europe, and now really out of nowhere, they're now two points off the Champions League places, with Jovic and Silva, I mean that's possibly one of the best attacks in the league, which is definitely going to be of a benefit to them. So I don't think Champions League's out of the possibility for them, out of the realms of
1: possibility. Definitely not. Um, but we'll, we'll go to find for more detail when we get to the match day 19 preview just finish up with the last couple of games, need the Lichner's back, Augsburg, is that a big scalp for them, beating Berlin, because of how well, I mean, not recently Berlin doing well, but Union were doing well near the top, and Augsburg, if they didn't win that game, again, they'd be close to the relegation fight, so is that a big win for them? Yep, definitely. I mean, they're now seven points clear,
0: so obviously they could be caught with that, but um, I, I'd imagine uh, that's a big step towards safety for them. And I think a particularly important point is Niederlechner final, finally scoring in the league, managed to get two. So that was what particularly what they struggled with because I think they'd got, managed to get goals around the team, like players like Vargas and Cali but their strikers weren't firing. Niederlechner and Finn Boggassen not scoring in the league, but now Niederlechner's got a double. So hopefully that will bring him into a run of form, and it, I thought it was a big game for goalkeeper Rafael Gikovic as well, managing to save a penalty against his former club. So that'll be a you have enjoyed that one. Uh, Jeff, that,
1: are you are you worried about anyone after that, or do you just you know they've had their great form, they're going to take a dip? I wouldn't I, I wouldn't say I'm worried about them because their
0: expectations were always going to be quite low in terms of probably trying to survive rather than going to Europe. So any, I mean, even matching last season, they probably would have taken at the start of the year. So not to say worried, but I'm less confident than I was that they'll qualify for Europe. But that was always just going to be a bonus anyway.
1: Yeah, that was just fun for us to to watch. So anyone, slipping up again there against Augsburg, Big result for the Bavarian side. Then we move on to the Sunday game, so obviously spoke about Berlin at the start uh, against Bireyman. I mean, there's not really much to say about Schalke. Bayern isn't it, apart from job done and predictable result.
0: Yep. Uh, routine victory for Bayern. I didn't actually see the game, but from what I heard, Schalke actually made quite a decent first of it in the first half.
1: Yeah.
0: But just seeing Schalke, they, they seem to do that a lot. Like you seem to be watching them, and at the start of the game, they're maybe they make maybe make quite a, an encouraging start to a game, but they're not really clinical enough to take the chances. Then as soon as they concede that first goal, the heads drop. It's really been the same story, and probably I think it was the, the same story here. I mean, not managing to score a goal, and then eventually conceding four to Bayern to, towards the end. They just really seem to be short of confidence.
1: Yeah. Lose know. the
0: concentration towards the end of games, conceding a lot of goals. So I think if they were more clinical, I think this is actually more important for the Coulon game during the week eh, where they lost and really shouldn't have. If they were more clinical against Coulon, then they could have pulled a result out of that game. But you don't get points from the performances. You have to take your chances and keep them out at the other end. So I think they don't really seem to have that ability to pull results out that other teams at the bottom might end up doing towards the end of the season. That's why it
1: really is looking like they're
0: heading towards relegation, unfortunately.
1: It's a shame to see a big side um, go down. You know, the last one was obviously Hamburg, and it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But we'll, I mean, we'll talk about Chelsea a bit more in depth with the next game because it's going to be an important one again. But is the title over? Is it too hard? Is it too early to say that, or is you know seven points, seven points is a big a big gap. It's a big gap. I mean, you would never expect Bayern to
0: chuck that away. And also, I think what was a sign of encouragement for other sides was the defensive record. But now that's Neuer kept two consecutive clean sheets. Mm. They hadn't kept a clean sheet since uh, the victory over Frankfurt in October. But now, I mean, during the week and the weekend, managed to keep a clean sheet. Maybe not the hardest against Schalke, but a clean sheet is a clean sheet and boost confidence for them. So, I, I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to say it's over for the league, but it's certainly looking ominous.
1: Definitely, I mean, I'm um, with um, you know, with <laughs> you look at the 13 points behind Dortmund. This is this crazy. Uh, but see if you see if you have to flip that right now interesting question if you had to flip that right now and Dortmund are 13 points ahead of Bayern would you write Bayern off?
0: No <laughs> just knowing just knowing Borussia Dortmund no uh, but I mean you don't you don't trust other sides to have the same consistency that Bayern do Bayern are more capable of pulling together a, a run of like I mean, you wouldn't put it past Bayern to have, I mean, eight consecutive victories, for instance, whereas a side like Borussia Dortmund or Leipzig Leipzig losing to Mainz at the weekend, the other teams have results like that that Bayern and the run-in just managed to avoid, and that's really why they managed to win the title every season. Aye,
1: and we're not far away from the Nectar Classic or Do you see the gap being smaller by then? Do you think Dortmund will come back by then? Or do you think that that Der Klassiker on match day 25 will definitely decide that the league is by? I don't know, like, calling it Der Klassiker, but usually that's
0: first against second. And you wouldn't really consider Dortmund to be the main title rivals this year. So... If, I mean, when Bayern win the title, it's not because they beat Borussia Dortmund. Borussia Dortmund have lost the title in other places. So, I mean, certainly by that point, Bayern could definitely be in a position where the title is over. But because Dortmund weren't the main challengers, then
1: I would really say that would be the point. Fair point. Just pointing point out that it's actually match day 24, not match day 25. Um, that that will be happening that game. Anyway, but last game. Do we need to talk about the last game? Like can we can we just skip? Yes. Can we skip over We
0: have to talk about that? That should be the main feature. Anthony Modest, what happened? <laughs> what happened with his career?
1: I thought we well I just I d I don't know. Why does he hate the penalty box so much? He's a striker he shouldn't <laughs> he's just not, he's just not Player when he came back uh, from China. Don't know, he's, don't know what he's done in China, what he's eaten in China. He's just not came back. <laughs> the same player. I, I'm a bit concerned in that regard. Maybe after a couple of sidings this week, we'll see what happens. I mean, we can talk about it in more detail, but I think I lost to nine who weren't doing any good either. After the highs of beating Schalke, which it sounds bad to say in a season with Schalke doing. Pretty poor. That's a high beach Schalke, but it was the last-minute goal from Jan Teilmann, who I've mentioned recently, saying he's a really good youngster project, you know. And he's when it he scored that important goal. Uh, but I don't know. They're just reliant on Duda and Teilmann, and oh, I don't know. All these involve like playing up front. It's, that's that's just what's wrong. And just not
0: really a. It's not a. It's not a good Bundesliga squad. I don't. On paper, it just doesn't look like a good squad, and. When you see them performing, they're, I think they're dreadful to watch. I'm not. You probably think I'm just saying that because you support them, but
1: no, no, no. I, I... think
0: you justifiably say that they're in the worst two. The uh, one of the worst two sides in the division. When you see them, I thought they were very lucky to beat Schalke. But I mean, Marcus though You're probably quite surprised that he hasn't been sacked yet. But they seem to, they seem to just maybe grab a result at the right time where he manages to buy himself a bit more patience I mean they beat Borussia Dortmund beat Schalke during the week obviously and that really justifies him yeah Yeah, he's got the draw with Leipzig managed to get the odd results but they can't really build any momentum because either side of that it's just results like this losing to other teams near the bottom just not good enough
1: and they've always scored fifteen goals as well. I mean, obviously Anderson's had his um, injury problems, but they've brought him in to score double figures, and I don't think he will now. Um, obviously they brought in Dennis from uh, Club Bruges, um, and obviously I think today it was announced Max Miles came in. Interesting signing there. We don't we'll need to even before we judge them we need to see what happens before we can actually judge what kind of player we're going to get if we're going to get Max Meyer the youngster that has doing really well at Schalke or Max Meyer who's done nothing at Crystal Palace um, so that's that's there to see but Hoffenheim probably a really important one for them to try and propel them out of it when Kraminic is on fire Kraminic is going to score your goals more than one goal a game
0: Yeah, that's the key that's the key staying up having that Great striker that sides like Cuellen don't have, really. Um, and shows you how much uh, an English Evoca can turn around your season. Just those two results really puts a, a more positive outlook on the season. Consecutive 3-0 victories. So you never thought Hoffenheim would probably go down. And they're they're always capable of pulling off results like these. It's just a case of whether they can keep this
1: consistency going and head towards mid table. I'm quite happy to gloss over that game though. Uh, it was got gone and done. There's bigger games to look forward to this weekend. Um I so let's just move like we'll move swiftly on to the games this weekend coming up. Any big ones can I shout out to you? Bremen Kiln-Bielefeld Bielefeld's a big one, Frankfurt Berlin. Yep. Uh... A couple of really big ones.
0: Uh, Probably start Frankfurt Hertha. I think that'll be really interesting to see. Touched on it before with uh, Paul Dardai coming in, and really thinking that Frankfurt might be a bit of a free hit where the expectations are low. Facing a side in form with a really strong attack, just a case of maybe keep trying to keep the side organised because the defence has been really a shambles recently. So. some fans will probably dread to think what will happen during this game. But you never know. I mean, sometimes coaches come in and they really have a, a positive short-term effect and they can pull results out of the bag. So I think that should be a really interesting one.
1: Yeah, it could be. Definitely could be a good one. I'm looking forward to seeing, I mean, without thinking being a fan. Again, I, I also say looking forward to very lightly. Kern um, Bielefeld, that could be a huge game coming for what? Who
0: could finish in the relegation zone or the relegation playoff? Yeah, I mean, I think it's as simple as Köln need to win, or I think Marcus Guzdal get sacked. I'd be very surprised if he didn't get sacked if they didn't win this game, because home to Armenia Bielefeld should be winnable for them. They didn't I mean, lose. And they they also... did lose the reverse. Yeah, they lost the reverse fixture. So you never know. Uh, so we'll wait and see. I mean, similar to a lot of the games at the bottom, it certainly doesn't look the most attractive on paper, but I'd, I'd, I'll be watching it anyway. I'll be very interested to see what the outcome is because it's such an important
1: game for both sides. Definitely. Uh, and for me, just, oh wait, before I even, before I even move on, Köln, Sack, dull. okay. They're obviously needing someone to help them stay up. What 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 do you think he was a labadie again drafted in?
0: I've already thought that. Like, yeah, very likely. I mean, I I, I trust him to like as a short term maybe as like an interim coach towards it toward the end of the season until the end of the season. I think that maybe a good option for them because he's that kind of manager that it can give teams a short term lift and. Keeps them survive, uh, keeps them up in the Bundesliga. He's Done it with before with Hamburg, other sides. So he probably would be the obvious candidate if they were to get rid of Gisdol, but they
1: might be a bit more original. You never know. All right, just, we'll wait to see what happens after after the weekend. Sunday could be an interesting day in in Köln. Um, obviously. Another big one, probably Leipzig against Leverkusen. Both teams coming off a defeat. Probably a big result needed for both sides here. And then, if if, Leip, if Leipzig were to lose this, obviously Leverkusen go ahead of them. Wolfsburg have get a chance to go ahead of them. Gladbach get the the chance to go one point behind them. This is all hypotheticals. Do you start to worry for Nagelsmann that he's not going to, he's he's, he's going on a downward slope with this side? I suppose because I think
0: there's been points of this season where you thought they could be serious challenges for Bayern. Similar the last season, but just going through uh, runs of games where they get silly results, such as the one at the weekend. So I think, I mean, I. A loss at home to Leverkusen would probably rule them out of the title running. And I think, I mean, you mentioned earlier about Bayern as the title over. I think Leipzig losing on Saturday particularly would certainly push that along further, I think. Because I don't really see Leverkusen as serious challengers. I think Leipzig probably, if any, any are going to be the ones to challenge them. So, if you're hoping for a title race, then a home win might be preferable.
1: Well, right, let's do that then. Let's go through the games for the weekend before we, we finish up with a quiz. Okay, so like Friday night's game, Stuttgart, Mainz. What's your prediction? Who's coming out at the top in that one?
0: I'm going to go for Mainz Whoa. with a 2 1 win.
1: I was becoming a closet Mainz fan. Yeah, saying they're going to right. stay.
0: I'd say it's actually. The, I'd actually say it's the opposite because I want, want the big teams to stay up. I'd like to see teams like Schalke stay up. And Mainz always seem to always seems to be a big team that goes down, and Mainz still managed to stay up every season. So I've just come to expect Mainz to stay up every year, and I can see it happening this year as well. So I'm going to go for Mainz. because you compared them to
1: Hameln Aki's, I'm going you. You want Hameln Aki's to stay up as well. I was not aware that I wanted Hamiltonakis to stay up, but um fair, fair enough, fair enough. You did make that comparison though. You did say Hamiltonakis uh-huh. are the Bundesliga in the hundred review um review. That's very possible.
0: Comparison. Right, let, let's go with that. Red and white. always stay up. Soon they'll be
1: getting a plastic pitch as well. Exactly. So um, I'm going for a stuck out winner Um Bayer München and Hoffenheim. Home one.
0: I'm gonna go for a, a draw.
1: Oh, just because what happened the
0: last a time. I mean, that was yeah. One. Last season, uh, Hoffenheim won at home. I believe uh, Hoffenheim got a drop by in last year as well. This is the sort of side that seems to have a bit more of a handle on these games with Bayern. Yeah, more likely to cause an upset with kramerich in a run of a uh, run run of form. Then there's always a chance that Hoffenheim will maybe. Be able to score a couple as well. So I'm gonna go for
1: Hoffenheim continuing their good run of form and getting a draw. Nah, I'm going for a home win. Um Bruce Dortmund Augsburg. Obviously, again, Augsburg came out on top in the reverse fixture. Dortmund to get back to winning ways. I
0: can't I can't go totally bold, so I'll, I'll go for a uh, go for Dortmund for this one. Yeah, I'm going Dortmund. Um, I can't go for Mainz winning, Bayern drawing, and then Augsburg winning at Dortmund. That I would just seem like I'm trying to be different.
1: Next year we'll seeing. So I'll go for Dortmund. Frankfurt? You never know. You never know. No chance. I think Frankfurt will demolish Hertha at the weekend. I think,
0: um, yeah, I think Frankfurt will win. I don't think we will demolish them. I think Dardai will have a short-term effect. Nah, maybe take we'll- a bit of a back the basics approach and tighten up the defence a wee bit. So I think I think Hurt will, you'll see a you see a stronger effort from Hertha at the weekend. They'll still lose but maybe narrowly by a goal just by a goal
1: or two rather than a hammer and I just think in Deutsche Backpack with all their players on song and that Berlin team maybe they'll get a lift. Maybe they'll get a lift but I'm gonna go for a big Frankfurt win. Union Berlin mentioned Gladbach. Again, is this a bit of an easy one, just given form-wise that is going to come away from the capital with all three points?
0: You never know. I mean, Union managed to uh, grab a draw away to Gladbach, which was quite a surprise at the time towards the start of the season. So they've shown themselves capable against some of these big sides, managing to beat Leverkusen at home as well. So there's a chance that they get the result. But I respect Gladbach. Gladbach are really in a a period of upward momentum attempting to get back into the Champions League places. So I'm going to go for a away win for this. Fair
1: enough. Bremen, Schalke.
0: Draw. I'll go for a draw, which is at this stage probably quite useless for Schalke. Maybe on, maybe they'd say that was a, a positive result, but they really need to be looking at wins at this point. And would Verda Brevin win two games in a row? That's, that's quite a difficult. <laughs> Probably <question>. not. <laughs>
1: aye. Aye, aye, Leipzig Leverkusen. We've already kind of spoken about that, but what would you give a result on? I'm going for.
0: I'll go for a home win. Get. Uh, I think Leipzig will maybe get back onto track. That would, it would be concerned for Leverkusen uh, losing another game. Be the concern that maybe. Starting to falter and slip out the Champions League places. This this form continues, but it is a tough game, so I'd expect Leipzig to go come out on top.
1: I think you've drinks it to be fair, because you said about how important Julian Baltgarnlinga is to Leverkusen, and end of the season. So within two podcasts, going for the full season, how an important player. So maybe you've jinxed Andre Duda is very important to Köln. <laughs> I don't think that works for every team uh, but yeah so big like, loss for Leverkusen there with Bob Garlinger, um missing out until the end of the season which is a shame but I'm going to go for Leverkusen one just to spice things up a bit Cologne Bielefeld the the eye catcher the Super Sunday the 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 big game of the weekend the I, I can't even I can't even finish that Cologne Bielefeld Super
0: wait. Sunday Super Sunday um I'll go for a draw. Low-scoring draw. 1-1, one, one, which won't be enough to save Gisdall's job. That's what I predict.
1: Cullen win. I think Bielefeld getting hammered 5-1 is not going to do anything good for the confidence. Um, and they seem I don't think
0: Cullen will lose. I don't think they'll lose.
1: Nah. I think, think that. I mean... I've got, I've got feeling the new strikers, going to, if he plays, will come in and score. Because there's a place sitting waiting for him. It's not like he has to come in and fight for a place. He's just there to, to have it. Um, if he goes straight into the squad, we'll see. But i have got a cool win. And you know what? That's probably one of the bigger games. Wolfsburg, Freiburg, the two form, well, not maybe not form teams, but the two teams I didn't really well. ask. good. That's an interesting result. Um, game that could be a good result. I'll go F- Wolfsburg. To draw with Freiburg? <laughs> <laughs> Threw that in there. That in there. Um, I think I'll a draw. I'll
0: go for Wolfsburg to continue their form. Yeah, to, as you said, to the, to the surprise packages, uh, even for a season. But Wolfsburg at home at the Volkswagen Arena, you'd have to say they'd be favourites for that. Freiburg are capable of pulling off results. So that'd be interesting, but I'd see I'll go for a Volksburg one nil very course to score.
1: There we go. So that's us, um, round eighteen and nineteen for match days. I'm um, rounded up, so we'll jump into the quiz and with no running, it's just going to be Colin on his own against himself. So good news is you can't lose this week, but <laughs> to, to keep intact here. Um, So I've came up with a quiz, and it seems like it's going to be so far away since the next international break, so I thought I'd bring up an international-based quiz. So I've got six groups of two players, one from Germany and one from Scotland, and you have to guess, out of the two of them, who's the most caps. So I'll give you two players' names, and you have to guess which player is capped more times for their own country. You'll get one point for getting the correct answer. You get two points. Oh, well, second point. Sorry, uh, for getting how many caps that that person has. Okay. And if I'm feeling generous, and you guess the second player's caps, I'll maybe give you a, a half point, just because uh, it doesn't really matter. So we really run through this quite quickly, to be fair, because there's no jumping back and forward. And I mean, if I get if I get one point, then I, I win. So yeah, <laughs> not so like I'm you, facing anyone. Um, so what we're gonna do. I'll just go straight forward. So this is, a, this is a good one to start with. Of course, we're in Kern, so we'll start with an FC Köln player. Who has more caps, Jonas Hector or Andy Robertson? The left-backs of Scotland and Germany. Who has more caps?
0: Andy Robertson.
1: Incorrect. Correct. so I'll give you a point if you can guess how many caps Jonas Hector has for Germany 24 way off Jonas Hector has been capped 43 times seriously think how long Hector's been around for think how long they've not a left back for he played all the World Cup that's true it's as a, as a weak link um, so Schultz- I, don't,
0: I don't think it would be that many though. Like, see, uh, fair enough, I'll take your word for that.
1: You want to hazard a guess at how many Andy Robertson's got?
0: So, less than 43, uh, 31,
1: 40. So, so far in a quiz, right? If you get a point, you've not got a point yet, and you can. Just- <laughs> So Jonas Hector. This is all has, just guesswork. Jonas Hector has dubbed the Düsseldorf player uh, fan there, so that's good. Um, quite funny that. Anyway, we'll move on to the second one. We'll go a bit, a bit old school, a bit legendary status. Franz Beckenbauer or Kenny Dalglish?
0: Kenny Dalglish. I
1: made those so difficult. Just
0: <laughs> oh, you're joking. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So the legend Beckenbauer, or Beckenbauer, or the legend of Scotland,
0: Dick Kenny Dalglish. Wait, Kenny, you're still waiting on my guessing? Yeah, sorry. Oh no, I said Kenny Dalglish.
1: Sorry, but you're wrong again. <laughs> oh, no. Could, has more. I had like five
0: seconds. I had five seconds to change my answer there as well. I said Kenny Dalglish like ages ago, and then I had the chance to change it. So, I still went with Kenny Dalglish.
1: How many caps Franz Beckenbauer made for obviously West Germany, but still Germany.
0: It must be a lot because um, Kenny Dalglish is Scotland's record appearance holder, isn't he? Yes. So 100, 100 and This is Beckenbauer? Yeah. 112.
1: Incorrect. 113 hundred right. like, uh, and three, right. How many Kenny Del Lucy's got for a sympathy vote a sympathy point? hundred and one. Hundred and two. <laughs> 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 oh, After two rounds, oh. it's not looking good for you, I'm not gonna lie. Um so you get you get um right, we're gonna go between the sticks now. D- Germany's Manuel Neuer or Scotland's Alan McGregor? Manuel Neuer. Well done, you finally got one, right? How many does Manuel Neuer have for Germany? Right, so he's been the
0: keeper for like 11, 12 years.
1: Um, 92. Close, 96. Would you like to guess how many McGregor might have? Or does have? 78 42 42 Think about it Neuer's it's been Not, not really been first choice Neuer's been the first choice For a long time Derstegan's hardly got in Leno never really got in And McGregor had Marshall And Craig Gordon At the same time when That was the day. So You got that one So one point to you Out of a possible What Six so far That's not very good Not going to lie It's quite disappointing at least you. <laughs> so I'm gonna get the number of caps. Come on. I, 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 that's fair. That's fair. That's difficult. So, but you should be getting the correct players. The next one. Leon Goretzka. Or Scott McTominay.
0: Goretzka. Correct. How many has he got? So always the German players. That's everyone. Um, Goretzka, uh, 22
1: 29 and Would you like to guess McTominay's? I was going to do John McGinn because I was trying to get similar players but John McGinn's got exactly 29 caps as well so I didn't want to put you off
0: McTominay uh, I'll go for
1: 16 19 So you've got two Right, So this one might be a tricky one so these are the newbies in the national side. Declan Gallagher and Florian Neuhaus. Who has more caps? Declan Gallagher. Okay, yes. you just breaking the chain of German's
0: winning. I uh, not know. Neuhaus has only got about three caps or something, two or three. He only made his debut like a few months ago. So no. Gallagher, I'm going to say, has... Can I say the first letter and see how you react? Okay. Uh,
1: five? You, you said... No, change that. No. You said Six? Five, seven, seven. <laughs> seven. 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 Oh. I think it's seven caps, believe it or not. And would you like to guess how many Florian Neuhaus is Florian, Florian Neuhaus has three caps. Florian Neuhaus, yes, has three caps. I'll give you half a point. So you've got, you've got three, three and a half points from a possible... I've not counted up how many you should there. So last one. I think this is quite a tricky one as well. Two similar type of players. Who has more caps for their respective country? This is the last one. Mario Goetzer or Sean Maloney? Sean Maloney. Too quick. Incorrect. Oh I'd like to guess how many caps Mario Goetzer has remember how early Mario Götze came onto the scene and into the Germany squad? Sean Maloney
0: must have had, must have played across quite a few years though as so. well. Uh, so it's more than, if it's more than Sean Maloney. Um, Thirty
1: six them around 63 caps. Mario Goetz said six right. caps for Deutschland. And would you like to guess Maloney just for the fun of it to keep some sort of your dignity in taxes has been a terrible forty nine. Forty seven
0: <laughs> I'm gonna say that how close I've been with some of these, I still have some of my deg- dignity. So,
1: I, put, I mean, France Beckenbauer, come can He's probably one of the like. I know Kenny Dalglish is like an absolute legend, but so is Becky Bowe was massive. Like, I know it's one game as well. I like, know, but
0: Kenny. Da- I knew Kenny Dalglish is Scotland's record caps holder. I and would. I don't think Beckenbauer is. Who's Germany's record cap holder? Is it Philip Lahm,
1: Schweinsteiger? One of them. I don't know. I thought I'm be-
0: just saying names now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, it's Just just because you had a poor result, three and a half points. <laughs> that how would you feel? How did you feel after that? I would
0: say that that was ridiculously hard quiz and really, only, the only person that would get that it would be through guesswork. So I mean, I'm gonna. That is a quiz. I'm gonna blame the quizmaster for that one.
1: Ooh. Well. I can't wait till Ronan comes back, because Ronan doesn't complain about the quiz master. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm idea. probably going to lose one of my two points that I earned there. I <laughs> Terrible. I so. But um, I, I thought that was quite a good one. Some, some ones there with Hector. I, I didn't think you'd guess Hector. I, I knew you'd guess Gretzka, but I knew you'd get Guts wrong. I thought you'd say Maloney, because Maloney had so many cats for Scotland. But there we go. So a poor performance in the quiz from Colin, just just like Killing had a poor performance last weekend, and you know, at least Dusseldorf's doing okay in the league so far. Keep your spirits high. But in the top five. No, no draws.
0: No, no drawing their way to promotions.
1: They'll get it. They'll maybe get it. But, so, that was it. There you go. So, back to a bit of a normal podcast you know, after the highs of Derek Ray last week. Next week, we'll have a German-speaking guest on and we'll chat all things, Eintracht Frankfurt and a wee bit of transfer marked as well, so we'll talk about the transfer window, who signed well, I mean it's kind of difficult this season there's not been many big signings or many signings from any club, so we'll we'll go through them all probably individually and see how each player fares, hopefully there's a couple more coming out um, in the next week before the window closes, but we'll be back next week with that, Um, Ronan will still not be back, so anyone who if we, tune, if we get more views with Ronan not there we might get rid of Ronan nah, no, joking aside so um, that's all for today so thanks, you guys later see you then and have bounced back again here yet again and-